Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back ain't better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. We got depression, devastation, and disappointment among members of the hashtag crew as the Phillies bow out. We will certainly have plenty of time for that. But first things first, we're about to win two teams. The Super Bowl this year hit it. Here we go! Only one place to start. All right, the one place to start is going to be with Jeff Saturday and Marcus Spears, the big swagoo. Both guys good enough to hang out after we wrap up, get up, and talk a little football with us here. I so appreciate both you guys doing this. And, And the NFL trade deadline is next Tuesday. And the NFL trade deadline has not historically been like the one in baseball or the one in basketball. It's not usually that active. It's not usually that busy. And generally speaking, that is because it's very hard to plug a player in on another team in the middle of the year and have them make a huge difference. But we got two trades that we came up with today on Get Up that I think would go a long way towards that. Marcus, I'll give you the first one with your beloved Cowboys. Yeah, I think the Cowboys should be on the phone with Rand Carthon, the general manager of the Tennessee Titans, trying to acquire Derrick Henry. He's making $10 million this year, and I think that $10 million will be well spent Yep. If at some point you get into the playoffs and you need to have that element. Here's the thing, too, G and Jeff. Like, when you think about Dallas right now, if I was to tell you, stack Dallas's roster, uh, skill player-wise, up against Philadelphia and San Francisco, they're not close. No. They're not close. Yep. Death-wise, they're not close. Explosive-wise, they're not close. So you got to make a decision. Can we get Tony Pollard back to being the guy – where he gets 20 touches a game in favorable situations, where we can get those three or four explosive plays from him, where he gets in the end zone or he takes one for 70. And then do we need to bring in the hammer, Yeah, right? Right. A guy that when we get to the red area, teams have to change the way they think about defending us as far as scoring a touchdown. Derrick Henry changes the picture for Dallas and who they play. And I think that's why they should be on the phone. Listen – and a lot of times we get enamored with just the individual skill set of a player. But, Jeff, you know this. When we're talking in the context of football, you got to think about how does this change my whole team? For sure. Right? How does this change my defense not being on the field for a large majority of the game? How does this change Tony Pollard carries going from yes. six yards per carry to when he gets to the fourth quarter, it's three yards per carry. Shout mm-hmm. out to him both for that stat. And then, two, when you acquire Derrick Henry, This is what other teams are going to do. Okay, guys, we got to go back into the drawing board because now we got to defend the Dallas Cowboys differently. And what that different means is CeeDee Lamb is going to have more space. Brandon Cooks is going to have more space. You might see see tight ends start to emerge a little bit more. You might see Dak Prescott play from a level of comfort because of the threat of the run and the play action where the field is wide open for him to make plays. So it's not just about what we've seen Derrick Henry do throughout his career. We know he's a great running back trending trending towards the Hall of Fame. It's what Derrick Henry presents will do for the Dallas Cowboys and how they go forward. There's another piece of that that I think is interesting, and I was thinking about it as Marcus was talking, Jeff. The thing about the Eagles and the Niners and even the Lions in the NFC is I think they know who they are. Facts. I'm not sure the Cowboys do. Half the time I think the Cowboys want to be like a ground-and-pound physical team. They do. And that's what they think they want to be, but they aren't. They don't have the personnel. They don't have the people to do it. 
And then I think all of us look at them and say, well, they need to open up that offense, and I don't think they want to. So that's another reason why this makes so much sense yeah. to me. I will say one of the, my favorite sayings in sports is fatigue makes cowards of us all, right? And what you see in the way that the, the carries for Pollard diminish at the end of games and then flip it over when you see Derrick Henry – and how his carries and the increase of yardage as the game, it shows you that fatigue on the defense matters. You, yes. He has laid hammers on you all four quarters, and that fourth quarter, man, nobody wants to tackle him anymore. It's like, hey, you know what? Business decision. I'm out, yep. right? I mean, you, you make those kind of thoughts. And at the end of the day, it makes everybody around you better. Yep. And, and, and it's, it's because of the style that he plays. You put him in the red zone, he improves your offense. You cl- he closes games. Games out, whether they're stacked in the box. And guess what? Now Pollard can go against running against nickel defense, right? Because yes. when they bring him in, they bring a different package and personnel in. Right now, you can't do that because he's your feature back. And so as you look at this, man, Derrick Henry's been running against nine-man boxes half his freaking career. Oh, he ain't scared Lord. of boxes being oh. packed. He ain't scared of good defensive lines in Philly. He's not scared about San Francisco's deal. Like, this dude understands he has run against entire defenses being from tight end to tight Absolutely. end and has no fear of it. It is a different level and a different mentality mentality from a player and again the fit for the Cowboys this is what McCarthy wants to do this will make CD Lamb a a true one yes, because now you no longer can do what Cooks will emerge right and then Dak Prescott man like there is something about understanding your offensive line has worn out this defensive line. I can stay in that pocket that split yeah. second longer. I can push the ball down. All of those things come off of that style. I, I'm with you. I think that would be – I mean, if I'm Steven Jones, I'm on I'm that – I'm, 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 I, I, Rand's phone is blowing up. And you brought me to the point, Jeff. It's time for Jerry and Steven to stop bullcrapping, right? Because I hear Jerry say this. We, we, I feel good about this roster. Yeah, and no. I they're not. They're not. You're not good enough. I said personnel wise, San Fran. They to win a, a Super Bowl. Team You're That's not right. good enough. Yep. This would definitely move you into that conversation yep. of saying, if this thing can take hold and become what we need it to be, That's right. we definitely can go toe-to-toe with Philly yeah. and we can go toe-to-toe no to toe with San Francisco. I don't know what it what it's going to take, but I know this. I've seen Howie Roseman go to Super Bowl yeah. and yep. make major moves after that. AJ yeah. Brown, AJ Brown, Kevin Byard, you go this year. Byard. Right. You sign, you you make a draft move and go get Jalen Carter yep. because you want to re- re-solidify your defensive line. I hope that they are in Dallas because of the Kevin Byard trade. I hope they sign Julio Jones. By the way, right, we don't right. know what he's gonna be, but Howie Roseman, like I'm turning every stone Shoot over your shot. to go right. get it. Dallas has been sitting pat. Think about this, y'all. It's a great They point. have been sitting pat for the last three to four years saying, I feel good about this roster. I feel good. I feel good about this team and what we can do. The reality is you don't have the roster nope. to beat Philly and San Francisco nope. right now. You don't have it. Yeah. You got one guy on defense that both of those teams are tape. Probably sure. over anybody outside sure. of Nick Bosa because San Francisco is their guy. You got Michael Parsons is the one guy on that team where you walk into any stadium and say, oh. we got the best guy on the field when he's on the field. Outside of that, tell me who for Dallas right. that you think that is other than Zach Martin. Yeah. Tell me. Go through the roster of the Dallas Cowboys compared to Philly, yeah. compared to San Francisco. What guys would you take yeah. on their team over the guys that they have? That's right. 
Yeah. yeah. That's why I, that's why you're yeah. the third that's why you're the third or fourth best team. Yep, that's and, you, and that's where you'll be slotted. Yep. We, we could argue about whether C D Lamb belongs in that, but that's no. it, the point remains. He don't. They're not good enough at what they look like no. they should be good at doing. This is no. a move that makes all the sense in the world. Greedy and Company, live from the Seaport, brought to you by Patron Perfection. Starts with Patron, perfect to have Marcus and Jeff Saturday here. The other one we talked about this morning, right here in New York, Saquon Barkley. Now, the, every indication that we have gotten is that they're not trading Saquon, and he says has said on the record he doesn't want to go. That said, it isn't up to him, and... We brought up the Baltimore Ravens. Marcus, I want you to envision as a defender, you played on the defensive line a long time. You're staring across the line of scrimmage at Lamar Jackson under center or in the shotgun with Saquon Barkley standing next to him and Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews and OBJ. What would Saquon on the Ravens be? He would make them unguardable. And they almost that right now, G, without having a dynamic playmaker out of the backfield. Saquon Barkley also should want this. Because Saquon Barkley injuries are due to the fact that people know that you are the only hope for this football team yeah. to win a game. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, man. Like, so you got two you got two things work. Here's the thing, too. Like, Saquon not wanting to leave New York is the right thing to say. He need to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Brother, you are running back, number one. We've Thank seen you. how that transpired. Thank you. Yeah. And the other thing is you should be looking for destinations where you don't have to carry the ball 25, 30 exactly. times a game. So, Jeff, like, I – And, we, and – that you go into a team that wants to run it 35 to 40 times win. and share it. Yeah, and, and share win, absolutely. Bro. Like th- absolutely. this is not this is not like we we out of this whole era of I'm gonna just sit tight until we just saw Dame Lillard do that in the NBA. Right? You get it get it gets old. Absolutely. That, that you know we cannot win a Super Bowl or you know I'm not in the best possible situation. Saquon Barkley should be going to that privately or publicly, going to that franchise and that organization and saying, hey, man, we got to figure out a way for this thing to be broken in a nice way where I can get out of here. We could part ways. Y'all could start over and do what y'all do, and I can go do what I do. Daniel Jones is a $100 million quarterback. Yeah. And Saquon Barkley is the reason the New York Giants can play football. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) There's no doubt. That's the reality. There's no doubt. That's how how I feel about it, Jeff. Yeah. As we look at the way offenses and the way players fit in an offense, if you think about the way Saquon Barkley runs the football, and I know I'm getting like deep into football, but – his patience to the hole, to the line of scrimmage, and the and the pattern in which he carries himself to get to the hole, whichever one he's you know he's aimed for, and the way that Lamar Jackson runs the zone, it fits together. Yeah. And and the problem for defenses is they have to they have to believe both. So the end is compromised, the linebacker is compromised because the two guys that have to key on both those players know if I miss, this guy might take it to the house. So everybody's going to play cautious football because of the mesh between those two guys. And I'm telling you, when you think about a, a running back, who can be explosive once they get to the hole and turn their speed on that fast, it changes things. Screen game, it changes things. So now you have this dynamic back and this piece in the backfield. If you want to run them out of the backfield, all of a sudden you've got a matchup that you – so all the matchups you think about in football, and that's what the game is truly about – you, you have a A-plus guy against whatever you want. Lamar Jackson would love this trade, right? Because that exact point of him being able to read that opens up the throwing lanes behind it. Linebacker have to stay in. I, I love the fit. 
I love I love the mentality of the Ravens too. Because to your point, you can be one of three backs in Baltimore and still get fifteen still carries get a game. Carries that's down. huge. Yep. I mean, you know what I mean? Like for him, and, and, and the get, catch five passes, that's man. Thing, that's Jeff. a great day. It, it, it's it's Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly, what right. It is. That's yes. exactly that's, right. That's exactly. And remember when Saquon was rolling his rookie year, we were talking about is this guy the best running back in football? Right, right. And it was because of the injuries. I, didn't he go over two thousand all purpose his rookie year or something like that? Or he was super close yeah, he was, to yeah, doing he was that. It up. But 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 the thing is, G, like these guys too. Like we have a, a another overall arching conversation yep. when it comes to running back. Longevity is your best friend. Ain't now, no doubt, right? Like you don't want to be in a place where you gonna have to be the catalyst for your offense to have success. Right. You don't want to do it. Christian McCaffrey coincidentally has suffered some. He's took some dinks and dunks. Yeah. But he got out of Carolina. He's playing in all all the games. Yeah. In San Francisco, I don't know why. Saquon Barkley would be loyal to the New York Giants. I have no idea why. Outside of them drafting him, this franchise – and the owner even said it. When it came to Daniel Jones, we've done everything in our power to make this kid fail. Yeah. Think about it. Dave Gettleman was there. You yeah. had the you had the coach. I can't even remember his name because he was so bad. Uh, Joe Sa- Judge. Joe Judge. Yeah. Saquon Barkley has been in the midst of mess Chaos. since he's been in New York. Chaos. You go to Baltimore, which is a franchise. I was there for a cup of coffee, Jeff. A franchise that is really stable. Don't yeah, okay? absolutely. Harbaugh is going to be there. They love playing in Owings Mills, Maryland. Yep. They love representing the Baltimore Ravens. And more importantly, your quarterback is elite now. Yep. Like, this is the first time yeah. Saquon is going to play with a guy that in this iteration of the NFL yeah. that is going to take away pressure yes. from him having to be the guy. He should be going crazy trying to get out of there and go to Baltimore. Agreed. By the way, his rookie year, you just had me look it up. Um, so he played all 16 games. He had 1,307 rushing yards with 11 touchdowns. He caught 91 passes Jeez. for another 721 yards and four touchdowns. Brother, I'm yeah. telling you, man. Beast. And, 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 and that Special. offense that he was in ain't even close to being as good as the one yeah. he would go to in Baltimore. Not even close. Uh-oh. Gentlemen, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. Guys, no doubt, you're the G. best. Love Thank it. you. Swag who's Saturday with us. Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up, Hembo and Cam are devastated. We will clean up the mess next on ESPN Radio. <laughs> For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. We have sadness. We have desolation. We have devastation in our studio today. Hembo, Cam, and the rest of the Philadelphia Phillies fans had to watch their team last night play the first Game 7 in the history of their franchise. And the result was a resounding defeat. Off they go into an offseason of endless questions. And we will ask and answer some of them. And we will mercilessly pound these two men who richly deserve it. The assembled members of the Hashtag crew have assembled around us. Hembo is here with me in New York. Cam is there with Bubba in Bristol. Let us, uh, let us start unpacking the devastation. Hembo, the floor is yours. I'm a broken man. I am numb. I have a feeling in my body like I had surgery yesterday, and the medication is beginning to wear off. Mm. This is how I feel. Because as a, as a Philly fan recently, you've had your share of these kinds of losses. Obviously, last year, the Phillies led the World Series two games to one. I declared the series over. They lost the series. Yeah. That didn't go well. No. The Eagles were leading the Kansas City Chiefs at halftime at the Super Bowl, and they lost that game. Mm. Devastatingly. That was tough. Tough to take. The Sixers, with an opportunity to beat their longtime rival, the Boston Celtics, and go to the conference finals for the first time in a generation. Mm, that would have been nice. They choke it away. Yeah, that didn't go well. My feelings in those areas were feelings of anger. My feeling today is numbness, because at no point... At no point until yesterday when that game was almost over, after the Bryce Harper flyout in the seventh inning, did I even consider the possibility that the Phillies might not win the series. Do, do you think that your overconfidence, which, with which you were brimming for what feels like a very long time now, like even before the end of the Brave series, do you feel that your overconfidence contributed, A, to their actual defeat, B, to the way you feel now, because you did not allow yourself to consider the possibility they would lose. Yes, to both. Because we live in close proximity to the baseball gods. Yeah. And not only did Cam elect to go to Chicago, Stan, uh, Chicago Sam's instead of Arizona. Yes, he did. To see the Phillies play in the NLCS. That's true. But I was comparing Bryce Harper to Reggie Jackson. Yes, you did. And saying that the Phillies had the greatest home field advantage in the history of sports and they lost game six and seven in front of those same fans to a team that was outscored during the regular season. That's correct. It's very difficult for me to sit here and not take culpability for the Phillies losing, and it absolutely impacts the way that I feel today because as a fan, it's all about expectation. Last year was this sort of magic carpet ride, and losing in the World Series, while devastating, while disappointing, didn't provide me this feeling of numbness. But as I was watching the highlights again this morning, that was the feeling. I feel like I'm not in control of my faculties. Because that surgery that I had yesterday, that medication is starting to wear off. Yeah, I just uh, very quickly looked up Reggie Jackson's numbers. Um, and, and it has been made clear very much by me that you underrate Reggie Jackson's place historically. And I will continue to say that. Uh, Reggie Jackson, for his career, 11 years, 17 postseason series. 
Uh, what, what numbers are you looking for here? Um, wh- wh- what would you like me to share with you? I mean, he, he had the all-time home run record by a lefty until Kyle Schwarber broke it this year. It's yeah. a record that stood forever. Yeah, I'm, I'm having the, the way that Baseball Reference does this, it's very hard for me to, to go from the top to the bottom easily. The, the point of the matter is they, they, he was brilliant in the postseason all the time, always the best player in the playoffs, always seemed to come up in the biggest moments like, I don't know, two on and two out in the seventh inning of a two-run game at home Mm. and and find a way to jack one into the short right field porch at Yankee Stadium rather than flying uh, harmlessly to center field in that moment. Yeah, Bryce went 0 for 7 in the final two games of this series, and had he gone 1 for 7, they still might be alive today. This is the moment for me, Greeny. That was the moment. The Phillies are down two in the bottom of the seventh inning with two men on, Bryce Harper up in a 2-1 count. Kevin Ginkle's pitching for the Arizona Diamondbacks and arrogantly grooves a fastball to the player that I've been touting as this generation's Reggie Jackson. That's supposed to be the pitch that he hits out. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be the pitch that we add to his Hall of Fame reel. That's the right man in the right moment. We saw it last year against the San Diego Padres. He got that pitch. He hit it out. It sent the Phillies to the World Series. This year, he flew out, and we're talking about a tenth of an inch difference on the bat. That's baseball, and that was the moment I knew. So that's uh, Hembo's reaction on this day. Cam, let us come to you because you have a lot uh, to – you bear a lot of responsibility for this. I will remind the audience, uh, for those of you who were not with us last week or anything like that, that in an effort for us to – let's face it, we were making fun of, we were mocking – the Diamondbacks Mocking. and their fans, led primarily by Hembo. That we said that because it was cheaper, because the get-in price, a standing room ticket in Philadelphia was 300 and something dollars, and you could get into the ballpark in Arizona for $13, that I offered to send Cam to Arizona, pay for the flight, pay for the hotel, pay for the ticket, and that it would still be cheaper than me sending him to a Phillies game and just buying the worst seat in the house. In fact, it wasn't even a seat. It was standing room only to buy him the right to walk into the ballpark and then be completely on his own. And he chose not to go because he had an engagement to go to a birthday party for a person who we are convinced doesn't even exist at a place called Chicago Sam's in Cromwell, Connecticut. And I, from that moment forward, at that moment, the Phillies were up two games to one. From that, to, to none, excuse me. From that point forward, they lost four out of five to the Diamondbacks, including two of them in Philadelphia. Cam, what do you have to say for yourself? You mentioned they lost four out of five games. Yeah. The one game that they won was when I was at Chicago Sam's. I should have been at Chicago Sam's for every single one of these games. Well, don't you think that that is a lesson that you should have taken from it? Like, why would you not, after they won that game, why would you not have been at Chicago Sam's last night and the night before to watch games six and seven? I think it was an oversight on my part. I thought by the time, you know, we had proclaimed this curse of the Cambino, it was broken the moment that the game that I would have went to, they won instead. I thought it was broken, and that was arrogance on my part, and I deserve the blame for that. So so, um, we will get to the bottom of all of this. And um, we we have to continue to hand this out. But I want to turn this into a bigger picture topic. Uh, The World Series, by the way, the road to the World Series, now actually the World Series itself, uh, will be on ESPN Radio. You can catch every pitch on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. It begins Friday night, the Diamondbacks and Rangers. 
in, in one of the most surprising or not sure what the word is in the upstart very much so world series in, in the in the 100 and something year history of the world series and i brought this up briefly i was on with um with with the guys and uh, the the group on unsportsmanlike this morning with michelle and canty and evan and we were talking about particularly the diamondbacks making it but on some level it applies to both teams because there was no moment during this regular season in baseball where you thought oh, the Diamondbacks are one of the handful of best teams in the sport. I want to preface these remarks I'm about to make by saying, in no way am I diminishing what the Diamondbacks have accomplished. When you, get, when you earn your way into the postseason, you, you have the same opportunity that everyone else does, and they got red hot at exactly the right time, and they 100% earned what they have. They 100% deserve a chance to win the championship. Let me make that as clear as it can be made before I go any farther. When the postseason began in baseball, we talked about the format. Baseball was the sport, was really the last one to start disregarding its regular season. Maybe one could argue college football has remained there next year it ends. College football has always been a sport where only the very, very, very best of the best had a chance to be the champions. Basketball, you get in the dance. You got to earn it. Four best of seven series, that's a gauntlet. But you've got your chance. Hockey, you got to earn it. But you get your chance. 16 teams make it. Basketball, hockey, Football, they keep adding to it seemingly every year. Suddenly, we have 14 teams making the playoffs. That is almost 50% of the teams get into the dance and have essentially the same chance as everyone else to win the championship. Baseball, historically, has never been that. Baseball has always been the sport where you had to prove over the course of the marathon that you were worthy of a shot at the sprint. It has now become at least as much, if not more, about the sprint than the marathon. And what you have to accept if you're going to do that, and when people start writing all the stories about, oh, the ratings are going to be down and all that kind of stuff, what you are accepting is that you're going to have every now and again the Arizona Diamondbacks who were outscored over the course of a 162-game season. They played 162 games, and they gave up more runs than they scored. It's only the second time a team like that has ever made the World Series. The 87 Twins were the other. You're going to get that team into the World Series. And my question is, is that okay with us or not? So, Hembo, the only thing you love more than the Phillies, I will say this, and I'm being serious now, is the game itself. You love baseball as much as I've ever known anyone to love any sport. So I will ask, if you can, remove the Phillies hat from this conversation and answer that. Yeah, I mean, the answer to that question, honestly, is, is no. Like, I, with all the credit in the world going to the Diamondbacks, because this is the system in which we play, and they maximize their chances, and they're going to the World Series, and they deserve to be commended for it. But the, the, the New York Mets this year, that won 75 games, had a better run differential than the Diamondbacks did. I mean, the Diamondbacks, over the course of a 162-game season, were a bad baseball team. And so, all you have to do in baseball to get to the World Series, given the new format that we have, is win 9 out of 15 games. Greeny, guess how many of the 30 baseball teams this year had at least one stretch in which they won 9 out of 15 games? I'm going to guess all of them. All of them. Yeah. Literally all of them. Yeah. 
That's baseball. Right. Because baseball is baseball, and because we have a format like this, perhaps there will be a year, and perhaps it could be next year, where the two best teams from each league go to the World Series, and this won't be a thing. But what we have done is now opened ourselves up to the possibility of a team that's outscored going to the World Series. And, and the only real deterrent or the only real difference between a team like Arizona and a team that wins 20 more games than they do is maybe you get a first-round bye depending on your record, and you get some home games, which, as we know in baseball, doesn't make that much of a difference. Now, I can't sit here and talk out of both sides of my mouth because when, Arizona, when Atlanta and the, and the Dodgers were eliminated, I sit here and said, let's not blame the system. Let's not trash baseball. But the World Series is a bit of a different animal. And I would imagine that the vast majority of people don't view the Arizona Diamondbacks as a deserving World Series participant, despite the fact that so far they've won three rounds in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, they're deserving because this is the system that we have. The question is, do you want that team to be a champion? I made a lot of people very mad at me, including Jim Beheim and my friend Mike Tirico, many years ago when Syracuse, and you can remind me what year it was, Syracuse made the Final Four. And a year that I want to say where they were like a 10 or 11 seed. And, and um, this was probably like 2016. 2016. And what was their record that year, Cam? You seem to have it in front of you. What, what, what was their record that year? I'll look it up. They had 14 losses. They had 14 13, losses. 13 entering the tournament. 13 entering the tournament. So they were what entering the tournament? Like 18 and 13 or something like that? It would no, have been less. 16 and 13? Something, yeah, something like that. I mean, so, so mm-hmm. my, my, my point is, and they barely got in. They were one of those teams that on Selection Sunday, everyone was saying, oh, they didn't deserve it. They got it instead of this guy. Dick Vitale was saying the mid-major got screwed because of Syracuse. I like Syracuse. I like Jim Beheim. I love Mike Tirico. I said on the air, if Syracuse wins the championship, and I meant this, it invalidates the entire thing. Because you cannot have it, what you're doing, how can you say they're the champions? You can say they won this tournament, but you can't say they're the national champions of the season. There were like 50 teams that were better than them over the course of the year. And that's what this is. They just, if the, let's, let's live in a world where the Diamondbacks win, though they win four more games. They basically just won a tournament. They won this postseason tournament. God bless them. That is wonderful. And that's how we determine the champion of the sport. It will say until the end of time. The 2023 champions of baseball were the Arizona Diamondbacks. Again, if you are a fan of that team and you feel like we're singling you out, I apologize. This is not in any way meant to be aimed at them. It is just the circumstances. I would say this if it was the Cubs, the Yankees, or anybody else. You have to ask yourself the question, are we okay? Realistically speaking, what number best team in baseball were they this year? 11, 12, something like that? At best. At best. The 12th best team? They had fewer runs than their opponent. I get it. I get it. But, <laughs> but, 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 but that's not the only measure of how good they you They went are. 84 and 78. Okay. How many teams had better records than that in both leagues combined? That was the, that was the 12, tied for the 12th best record in okay. baseball. So, like... For the for the first 115 years of the game's history, that team didn't get a chance to play for the championship. Now it has, and yes, they give a, a disadvantage to the bottom teams. They don't get a, but we've already said that we think maybe that's an advantage not playing that week, whatever. We give them, for all intents and purposes, the cha- same chance to win the championship that we give to the Atlanta Braves who won 100 and whatever it is they won. So... I'm asking you as a fan, is that okay? That, that, that's the question I'm asking. There's something about it down deep inside of me that I don't like. It makes me itch in a place that I can't reach to scratch. But 
I have to accept that this is the way we do it now, and it does not it does not invalidate their championship. If they win, they are thoroughly deserving, and there should be no questions asked otherwise. Oh, for sure. It, right. This does not invalidate anything. This is the system. They're winning, and they deserve all the credit in the world. But I think there is something... There is something sacred about this stuff if you're a fan of baseball, if you're a fan of sports. There's something sacred about who gets... I mean, the World Series, they've been playing since 1903. Like, this is such a huge deal. Like, these are things that we love and we study and and it has such an incredibly rich tradition. Like, what we have to ask ourselves is, is the trade-off worth it? Does the fact that we've supercharged the regular season by expanding the playoffs, by pushing the trade deadline back a little bit, by giving two dozen teams an actual chance at it, does that, is the trade-off worth it when you have the possibility of one of those teams that sneaks in getting to the World Series? I'd like to think that we can create a system where we can find sort of a happy medium, one that maximizes the regular season. So that, those games in August and September are meaningful, while at the same time rewarding the teams that won 104 and 101 and 100 games, like the Braves and the Orioles and the Dodgers did this season, without basically leveling the play, playoff field once you get there. So let me then ask you a different question. Because I'm sure a lot of people listening to us right now in their cars or wherever you are listening to us, God bless you, are saying the same thing or are saying this thing. When in 2007, the New York Giants, who went 10-6, and beat the 16-0 and New England Patriots. I just went back and looked up that season. Let's just deal with the NFC. The Giants went 10-6. and That same year in that conference, the Cowboys were 13-3. and the Packers were 13 and 3. In the AFC, the Chargers won more games, the Colts won more games, the Jaguars won more games, the Steelers won as many games, and I'll repeat the Patriots won 16 regular season games. When the Giants won the Super Bowl, did people complain in the same way we're complaining now? Most definitely not, but it's much easier to win 9 out of 15 baseball games than it is to win four straight football games. And that is backed up by all the data that you would need. Okay, I just got a text. I, I would like you right now, Bubba, I'm going to send you the number if you don't already have it. We're going to call our buddy Bubba, uh, Booger McFarland. Booger just sent me a text that said, you and Hembo are so wrong. Hmm. He's listening. He's angry. And he's got a, I think he's going to speak for a lot of people when he says what he's going to say coming up next. So he will join us and get a chance to do that right after this. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio where you always get a chance to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. We have given some fairly strong opinions on the upcoming World Series involving the Diamondbacks and the Rangers, and I'm told we have a caller from Tampa. His name is Booger, and he's on ESPN Radio. Booger. 
Thank you for calling in. We always appreciate the time. What is your reaction to what you have heard Hembo and I have to say here? Well, good morning, Michael Greenberg and Paul Hembakitis. I'm driving down the road, and uh, I mean, it's been a tremendous morning. I mean, it's 82 degrees. The sun is out. I've already finished a round of golf. And I hear you two spewing the blasphemy that you guys are spewing. Number one, and and by the way, I have several points. I'll start with number one. Mm Mm-hmm. You guys talk about the season and, you know, whatever team and whatever sport finishes number one and a team like the Diamondbacks, a team like the New York Giants, a team like the Buccaneers of Tom Brady who kind of sneak into the postseason and win the title or play for the title kind of invalidates the season. That's so wrong. The regular season is meant to uh, – it's meant as a qualifying process for the postseason. Every every team sport has it, and some individual sports have it. We're going to crown our champion in the postseason, so therefore we must come up with a criteria in the regular season, whatever that criteria is, to qualify a certain number of teams for said postseason. And so once that qualifying – it is met and we get to the postseason, whoever wins that postseason is by far the champion. It doesn't matter if you were outscored by the other teams by more runs. It doesn't matter if the team you beat had more wins than you did. There is a qualifying process by all teams, and you met your qualification. Point number two, Kimbo, you said it's easier to win four football games than it is, excuse me, it's harder to win four football games than it is to win nine out of 15 baseball games. Mm-hmm. I would argue that the hardest thing in sports to do is hit a round ball with a round bat. So I would disagree with that. So let's not poo-poo on the Diamondbacks, guys. They beat the Phillies, and I, I get it. A lot of people around the country wanted to see Phillies Astros. I wanted to see Phillies Astros, but we got Rangers Diamondbacks. So I think we can't sit here today and talk about the process when it's the same way in hockey, basketball, Golf now has a qualifying process, football and baseball. So that's fair. Booger, obviously, and I think you are speaking for a lot of people, and I appreciate it, and you know we love you. So let, let, us, uh, let me make my side of the argument. Baseball, first of all, is a little different because historically it has been the opposite. Now, that's not to say, I mean, the worst reason to do anything is because we've been doing it that way forever. But historically, as you know, it has always been the hardest one to qualify for. You had to be genuinely exceptional to get a chance to come through that qualifying process as you correctly described the regular season to be. Secondly, as you know, baseball, by the virtue of baseball season being so long, the potential for randomness, as Hembo said, literally every team in baseball at one point this season won nine games in a 15-game stretch. So it isn't the same thing as it would be to to win a best-of-seven series in basketball. I think you genuinely prove you are the better team. I don't know that it's the same in baseball, and that is my concern. Well, in baseball, Green, team had one stretch where they went one nine out of 15, but how many times did they do it? Right. Because I think the better teams probably did it more times than not. Right. And so you're right. It's easier maybe to do it one time over the course of 162 because of the volume and the quantity of games. However, I will argue that the better teams always win more. The cream always rises to the top. And I, I don't want to get into run differential and all that. I just know the Diamondbacks uh, their record was, what, 84 and 78, I think I heard that's people right. say. Yeah. And if, if if that's the record in the qualifying process that got them in the season, they've just won every series they've been in. And right now they're going to take on Texas. And if they win four games, they're going to be clearly be the champion regardless of how many runs they score. Now, if we want to go back and change the qualifying process, 
okay, that's fine. And say whoever wins or whoever scores the most runs are the <laughs> champion. But I don't think we want to do that because that's not the sport. <laughs> All right, the most important question is where do we play this morning and how do we do? Uh, we played some nice little Pete Dye course town. Didn't quite hit it as good off the tee as I wanted to. But as you know, Greeny, I can put it phenomenally. <laughs> yes, we have the Burger McFarland uh, Memorial spot on the 15th green at, uh, at, at Bayonne Golf Club. Uh, Burger, you're the best, my friend. Thank you for calling in. We'll see you soon. Have a good one. Y'all later. And B- hey, Booger, no one loves the golf more than he does. Yeah. I want to make something exceedingly clear. Yeah. Not to speak for you, but to speak at least for me and maybe for us. By no means am I diminishing and by no means am I discrediting what the Diamondbacks have accomplished. Right. That's not the point. The Diamondbacks deserved to win. The Diamondbacks did what I thought was going to be the impossible. They went to Philadelphia and won consecutive games in that building against that team. They deserve to be in the World Series based on the system that we have. And more power to them. And if, and if I'm a fan of that team, I'm waking up thrilled this morning and the fact that I have to listen to this conversation on the radio, I would feel the same way that Booger McFarlane does and would voice that same complaint, whether it be on, on my Twitter feed or anywhere else. The point is not that what they did was not legitimate. The point is, do we have the best system? This provides us a peg, an opportunity to ask aloud that question. No. What matters to us more? Well, here's the thing. We did it right. We asked the question before it happened. We were talking about this on the show the day the regular season ended. We were saying, are we prepared to deal with that? Not, not expecting this to happen, sure. but it did. Mm-hmm. So that's the point. We're not just jumping in for those of you who are saying, oh, listen to them jumping in now. We had this conversation three weeks ago on this show. It is a concern. Parenthetically, can I tell you my favorite Booger McFarlane golf story? Mm. Well, it's a tie. There are two favorites. My first favorite is that he told, he was uh, filling in for Mike one day. He was hosting Mike and Mike with me. Booger loves, the best thing, Booger knows more about other sports than almost any of our other analysts. He knows baseball, he knows basketball, he knows golf. He's extraordinarily good on all the sports. And he actually said on the air, and he meant it, that he believed he could beat Gary Player head up, no strokes at that moment in time. Gary was probably right around 80, maybe 78 at that time. And Gary Player called in, and it was one of the great conversations I've ever been a part of, in which Gary Player said that, A, he would beat him if he had to walk the fairways on his hands, that if he, could, if he wasn't allowed to use his feet but had to actually walk the entire 18 holes on his hands, he would still beat him. And then he said, and I'll never forget, you know, Booga, that's how he said Booga, Booga, I've seen your swing. It looks like a cow giving birth to a roll of bobbed wire, <laughs> which was a great line. The other line, and we, oh, I always point out that anyone who's ever been to Bayonne Golf Club knows exactly what I'm talking about. The 15th green is elevated, very, very elevated. And if the pin is placed in front, there's a false front. You have to make sure you are well past it. Booger was well past it. He was putting down towards this. The second he putted the ball, both Gus, the caddy, and I said, oh, no. And Bugger said, what? And the next thing I knew, the ball had rolled 80 yards off the green. <laughs> it rolled down the hill and would not stop. And you've never seen a person angry until a 300-pound man has to walk 80 yards down a hill that he didn't expect. That's my favorite story. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or... 
Watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcast. 